in two weeks from now, I'm going to Las Vegas to watch the Super Bowl. So how no, are we going to record this? Going. I have yeah, we're going. I have no idea how you we're going to record going. this podcast. Well, Adam, you just don't want to go. Well, Otherwise, I can't afford to go. Yeah, well, you did. <laughs> so hey, if you guys listen to our episode that we figure out how to record when we're in Vegas, you are in for a treat. It's going to be so much fun. Tommy's going to be walking around the hotel room trying to record the podcast on his iPhone over Facetime, like while he's drunk and high on cocaine, and there's this. Wow, maybe not that other. Definitely drunk. Right. Don't admit to it. You're right on on yeah. Smart move. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Movie Toast Podcast. I'm Corey. I'm here with Tommy. Hi. And a very sick Adam. What's up, everyone? I sound super awesome today. Hi, everybody. <laughs> and uh, Don't make me laugh, I'm going to cough. <laughs> oh, God, I'm sorry, audience. First things first, a little bit of business. The Oscar nominations are out, and we're going to dedicate an entire episode to that. So sit tight. We're not talking about the Oscars tonight. Tommy, what are the headlines? I'm so glad you asked. Disney is slowly trying to make us forget about Fox. Also, Nick Cage is ready to find more treasure. Hmm. And third, who needs a gym when you have a movie theater? By the way, Adam, you know what helps really well if you're sick? Toast. Movie per- toast? Movie toast is even better. Oh. What the fuck is movie toast? <laughs> I, I don't even know. That, that's we're what, in it, baby. Yeah, we're in it to okay. win it. Um, and uh, we'll be talking about all those stories, but really quickly, did you guys see anything this week? I can tell you real quick before I shouldn't ask a question and then keep talking. <laughs> but um, <laughs> this week I saw nothing. I'm okay, pretty sure Tommy nothing. Jr. Tommy, did you see anything? I watched first off the Niners win the NFC Championship, and they're going to be representing the NFC Listen, in the not, Super Bowl. We're not the sports soup, all right. We're the movie toast. Anyways, so aside from that, um, I watched two movies this week. I saw Bad Boys for Life, and then I saw 1917. Let's talk about 1917 really quick. Okay, so 1917 was a phenomenal movie. Very well filmed, well shot, well directed, well acted. The editing, they used a special Hitchcock technique where what they would do is the camera would go behind an object like a tree or a burning building and they would hide a cut and then continue on with the shot. So when you're watching it, you don't notice the cut. And so you're watching it and it's just like, dang, this is like one long take. Not to mention the takes were long to begin with which is great. I think it added to the the thrilling suspense in the film. But, it really um, got you in that second person like POV. Yeah. And there was just two really big just shocker moments that made me jump out of my seat practically. <laughs> Even though I knew one of them was coming, it still made me, if I was drinking a drink, I would have spilled it everywhere. I like the cinematography. It's similar to Birdman. It felt more necessary to the story in 1917 than it did in Birdman. It made me feel like I was a third dude with those guys. It added something to the movie for sure, beyond just being a cool camera effect. So did you guys know the director used his grandpa's stories as the premise of the movie? 
I noticed in the end of the thing it said uh, inspired by stories by Alfred uh, something Mendez. Yeah. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah, that was his grandpa. And his grandpa would tell all these stories to Sam as a kid growing up. And so he used those stories to come up with the idea for this movie. It was interesting, though, too, the cameos by really top actors. And I thought we were going to see more of those guys like Mark Strong. I thought we were going to see more of Mark Strong. Benedict Cumberbatch. And uh, I don't know his name, but Moriarty from uh, also. Oh, from yeah. Oh, yeah. He was in there. I love and that guy. also speaking of Game of Thrones, Rob Stark was the uh, older brother. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Andrew Scott is Moriarty from Sherlock also in this. That's who I was talking and about. From the show, though, right? The Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch show, Sherlock. Yeah. And can Moriarty. I, can I just say he's also uh, in season two of the Amazon show, Fleabag. He plays a very messed up, kind of cool, hip, drunk, alcoholic, Reese. Yeah, you could say that. Who uh, <laughs> kind of does things that priests shouldn't do. It's He's really a very good actor. The mm-hmm. other movie, Bad Boys for Life, very enjoyable. I wish they wouldn't have waited this long for the movie to come out, but I think they really played on how long it's been. And you could see that with the actors. They kind of started doing that a little bit in the second one, which was like, what, 20 years ago? It's funny that they started hinting at like, oh, we're getting too old for this, but they never actually said it in the second one. And then in the third one, it's like, oh, wow, visibly, clearly, these guys are getting too old. (laughs) I even love how Martin Lawrence calls out Will Smith for dyeing his beard. He's like, I don't do that. Oh, that's so funny. At a later point, we find out he does do it. Yeah. My favorite sequence in the entire movie, hysterical, towards the beginning of the movie, when Will Smith is getting ready for work and Martin Lawrence is side by side getting ready for a day of nothing. Perfect. You see Will Smith in slow motion put on his $10,000 coat. And then you see a cut to Martin Lawrence putting on a bathrobe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Will Smith, uh, he's opening his gun safe to get his weapons out. And then you see a, a cut to Martin Lawrence opening up the microwave to get his food out. <laughs> it was like a hot pocket. Yeah. And then Will Smith gets in his car and he's getting ready to go. And then Martin Lawrence cuts to him in his lazy boy chair, putting his feet up. <laughs> mm-hmm. That sequence was so good. It was the best sequence out of the whole movie. It was such a good movie. It was good. There are a few yeah. things that I didn't dig about it. Yeah. Opening of the movie, Will Smith <laughs> is recklessly driving. He's on sidewalks. He's on beaches. Cops are all behind them. And when they get to the hospital, no cops are there. We don't have any mention of what the hell did just happen. Well, I think they were escorting him to but the hospital. they were behind Will Smith. Oh. Well, maybe they were chasing him. I, my brother and I talked about that, though. That opening sequence, we think it was perfect. It was a great way to open the movie. Mm-hmm. What do you think their response would be if I wrote an article on the internet saying that this is in the same universe as Bright, a prequel to Hancock and Ty Am Legend, and that Aladdin and Hitch are prequels to this? What do you well, think? Well, you could. We have movietoast.com. You could write it up. You should do that and just see, like, wait, is that what you believe? Or are you just saying you want to write no. that to see what the response gets? He's a genie, then he becomes not a genie. <laughs> and then he starts giving relationship. Oh, but he gives relationship advice in Aladdin. True. I, I could bullshit my way through this. You should do it. And another thing I don't like, DJ Khaled. He's a bad actor. He was not good in Pitch Perfect 3. <laughs> he's not good in this. Stop giving this guy movies to act in. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> Sure, he can he can help make songs, but not come help on, make fellas. Movies. Come but on, fellas. Everyone was top notch <laughs> in this movie. I gotta say, watching the whole trilogy, 
The first one was very weak. The second one, I think, might be my favorite. And this was just great for like 20 years later. What was so weak about the first one? It just wasn't as crazy and action-packed. It was a little more tamed and like docile compared to these other two. I don't know. Although, did you know that Seth Rogen and his writing partner, Evan Goldberg, did punch-ups and put all the comedy into Bad Boys 2? Really? I didn't know that. So I don't know. How'd you feel about the twist? I had mixed feelings about that twist. Mm, without talking about it? Yeah. Uh, I liked it. Okay. Right, I'm with yeah, you on that. I think it was good. I, I, it, it, I didn't see it coming. My brother, for some reason, leaned over and was like, I saw it coming. I'm like, wow. you're just saying that. He's like, no, I saw it. And, and he the- explained to me how he saw it coming. He said the writing was there. It's good stuff. Anything else, Adam? I did. I saw this anime called Weathering With You. Give a little brief thing till Tommy and I see it, and then we won't ever see it. And then uh, all anyone will ever get is a, is a brief synopsis. What's, what's the movie? Weathering With You. It's an anime movie, so you'll probably never see it. I'll never uh, see it. Kid runs away from home and wants to live in Japan. He gets kind of a side job writing articles for this magazine. And it turns out there's magic people who can kind of harness the power of the weather. I know it sounds dumb and silly. It's in the summer, and it's raining nonstop. And shit gets crazy, and this boy ends up meeting a girl who can make certain areas not rain, and she can make it very nice out. But she can only use this power so many times before she ultimately disappears. It's a pretty heartwarming story. It was a good movie. If you like animes, go check it out. I want to see this one because this guy did uh, Your Name. Did you see that one? Oh, yes. I think Your Name is stronger than this, but this is a very nice follow-up to that. I think this guy might be filling some Studio Ghibli roles in the future as Studio Mm -hmm. Ghibli changes kind of what it is going ahead. But I haven't seen the movie, so I can't say anything more than that. Once you see it, we should definitely have a conversation on it. Sure Um, thing. All right. And so the last movie that I saw was Doolittle. What did you guys like about the Eddie Murphy Dr. Doolittle movies? Anything? They were funny-ish. So if you think that one was funny, you're not going to like this movie. (laughs) You might. If we like the Sherlock Holmes movies, will we like Uh, this one? Not really. Uh, Does he have an accent? Yeah, it's it's a weird accent. If Robert Downey Jr. did not star in this movie, there'd be nothing worthwhile here. But there's two voices that I really like in this movie. Craig Robinson, Daryl from The Office. He's in a lot of little things here and there. He plays a squirrel. Hot tub time machine. Yes. He played Craig Robinson in uh, This is the End. Yes. so the movie picks up dr doolittle he got married and he sent his wife off on a journey by herself so he could take care of the animals at his sanctuary and his wife goes missing and dies and he decides he's shutting down shop he doesn't want to talk to any more animals than the ones that live on his premise and he does not want to talk to humans when we see him he has a giant beard He hides from people that knock on his doors and he acts like an animal himself. (laughs) So there's a boy who is with his aunt and uncle. I don't know what happened to his parents. They died. So his uncle and his cousin go hunting and his uncle's like, you gotta be like us. You gotta kill animals. He's taking them out to kill birds. He doesn't want to do it. He accidentally shoots a squirrel and then he feels bad and he finds out about Dr. Doolittle. So he takes the squirrel to Dr. Doolittle. It's it's dumb. But this squirrel has like PTSD and he's along for the journey and he just narrates like how much he hates this boy because spoiler, this boy becomes Dr. Doolittle's assistant. And anyways, the setup, sorry, I'm talking way too much about this fucking movie. <laughs> the sanctuary is owned by and given to him by the Queen of England who is sick. And it turns out... <laughs> 
Everybody sick and dying or shot in this movie. Yes. Oh my goodness. Or so, dead. Oh, and the queen is, I was surprised because I'm like, I don't know who this actress is. She's played by your favorite, Jesse Buckley. Oh. And that follow up to that Wild Rose movie. Speaking of Now which, you just made Corey want to go see the movie. Why have all my favorite actors reduced themselves to doing a January doodle release? Paycheck <laughs> and probably think they'll get sequels. But uh, that Wild Rose movie is now on Hulu. And so is Art of Self-Defense. So go and check those two movies out if you got Hulu. They're great. Should I watch I, those instead of, instead of doodle? I'd watch anything. I'd watch my father oh. who's dead fuck my mother who's alive more than I'd want to watch Doolittle again. Wow. <laughs> Very explicit warning, ladies Whoa, and gentlemen. What the fuck? Very I, I'm going to totally cut uh. that part out because I don't want to see that either. <laughs> so, okay, Adam, I have a co- super important question for you. Which movie was worse, Doolittle or Holmes and Watson? Holmes and Watson. All right, good so, to know. Good sorry. to know. So the queen is poisoned and there's an island where there's this fruit that if you put it, if you squeeze it in someone's mouth, they'll come back to life. They're good to go. <laughs> but nobody knows where the, uh, where this, where this area is. Besides gonna see, let's stop talking about this movie. Cause yeah. I'm never going to see it. Unless you're a five-year-old and you want to see talking animals. Don't see this go movie. watch the original and not the Eddie Murphy. Like, yeah, go watch the, the original, original. Oh, and the <laughs> other the other character that if I like most. I could walk with the animals. Is Just a dragonfly who's horny and voiced by Jason Manzukis. Chatting uh, with a cheerful chimpanzee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move into <laughs> the headline. Disney is slowly making you think Fox go bye-bye. Paraphrasing, but yeah, that was close. I mean, I mean that's accurate, but like all they're doing is getting rid of the Fox out of 20th Century Fox and Fox Searchlight. They're just changing the name to Searchlight Pictures and 20th Century Studios, and they're not changing the logo really from what it was, and they're not changing the song, and they're going to use it in front of things. Apparently, legally, Disney can still use the Fox logos, but the reason they're doing this is they're avoiding confusion with the consumer. So we'll be able to see the new logo, the Searchlight pictures logo uh for that will ferrell julia louise dreyfus comedy that's coming out it's called downhill so that's opening february 14th and that's you'll be able to see the logo there so they it's already officially there there it's it's gone i can't wait guys i can't wait to see this logo personally i remember that logo from before the star wars films mm-hmm. back in the day it was very much a part of the movie it was that logo and then thx and then a long time ago in a galaxy far far away and then the fanfare i'm glad they're not getting rid of it entirely they're just removing the fox name that's an end of an era right there bye bye fox logo bye bye and the next news article nicholas cage is ready to find more treasure and I could not be happier. National Treasure 3 is apparently happening. And the Bad Boys for Life screenwriter is going to be penning the script. Did you guys like, like National Treasure movies as much as me? I did back in 2004 when they were <laughs> when they were coming out. I really enjoyed the first one. The second one I didn't like as much. I almost liked the second one better than the first one, to be honest. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I know for a while the producer of the movie, he really wanted the movie made. And he's been talking yeah. about it for years and looks like it's finally happening. I will say this. If you didn't see the first one, yeah. you're not going to understand a lot of the second one. And I think they outdid themselves in the second one from what they did in the first one. I remember everyone kept saying, it's coming out. We got a script. It's coming out. And I remember that all the way through like the aughts or the 2000s. And then I thought it was good and well dead. But um, 
I guess it's happening. I don't know. I'm happy that they didn't just spit out a sequel years ago because clearly it wasn't meant to be, but I think maybe they might have cracked the code this time. And as this screenwriter who did Bad Boys for Life proved, he has the goods to bring back characters from like 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, back in 2008, just like what you were saying, Corey, the 2000s, Jerry Bruckheimer confirmed that a third film was happening. And by 2010, he offered an update saying that the first draft of the script was done. This is a 10-year-old script that they've been rewriting since then. I have two problems with this. The first is, if it was good, when they've already made it, it was a huge, mega blockbuster back in the day when it came out. And then the second thing is, I look through the National Treasure movies through the lens of them being uh, Indiana Jones ripoffs. And so would this have the same problem as Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull did where they bring it back and the whole thing is Nicolas Cage is now old and there's got to be some young actor like Shia LaBeouf or something? Nick Cage is such a crazy mother father. He will do anything and he, he, he goes balls to the wall. He commits to roles. This guy could be in a walker or a wheelchair, and I could still see him fucking fighting people. What's the name of his sidekick? Doug from The Hangover? Yeah. Oh, Um, yeah, that was Doug from The Hangover. Yeah. He's a funny guy. He's got a lot of charisma. He's a really good actor, and I think he couldn't do the first two movies without him in that role. He was a big help, yeah. Yeah. He was my favorite character, I think. Oh, yeah, without question. To answer your question, Corey, of why they didn't do it before if it was so good, it all comes down to the script. It was finished in 2010. Disney was like, nah. I think they're taking advantage of the fact that Nick Cage is hot again. Everyone but me and Corey loved Mandy. Everyone is so hyped about that movie. I think they're taking advantage of that. And they don't have to give this a theatrical release and spend the same money. They now have Disney Plus where they can dump movies. So it's not a huge gamble for them to just drop it on Disney Plus and have a big star in that. This is a Nick Cage movie. If Nick Cage is in it, it's a Nicolas Cage movie. Yep. That's the genre. Anyways, um, (laughs) so the third news article is who needs a gym when you have a movie theater? This new study seems to be saying that sitting in the cinema counts as a light workout because getting immersed in a film speeds up your heart rate. And also, it's not just cardio, but being immersed in the movie for that long of a period of time and focus benefits the mind as well. It could boost your concentration and your memory because you're focusing on one thing for so long instead of being on your smartphone or using your tablet or watching TV and then going to video games and doing this and doing that. Because you're, you're in a dark on room, one, thing. one yep. giant screen. And I like that. And I like to say, I see over 100 movies a year and I pretty much live there. It's it's a chapel. It's it's a church. It's, it's where I spend my time. I, I feel like I don't need my gym anymore and I'm quitting because I'm all about this. I mean, the research was carried out by University of College London. So three of we us know that. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I I started this new thing. Whenever I see a movie now, for every movie I see in the theater, I got to go to the gym for half an hour. And it's nice. This is a good article. If you guys get a chance to look it up about sitting in cinema counting as a light workout. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there was a study of 51 people who watched the live action remake of Aladdin. (laughs) Which I rewatched a couple weeks ago. It still holds up. I like it. Fuck you guys. So Corey was not part of that research team because you wouldn't be able to pay him to go back and watch the remake. I'm just going to watch the animated versions forever. In The Return of Jafar, the second Aladdin movie, the genie was voiced by Hank Azaria. But in 
Aladdin 3, Aladdin and the Seven Thieves or whatever, the one with his dad, Robin Williams comes back as the genie. Very weird. Did not realize until a couple of weeks ago. It was because there was a beef between Robin Williams and Disney because he said when they originally signed him that he did not give them permission to use his likeliness or his voice for any marketing or toys or any of that kind of stuff. And Disney agreed to it and then they reneged on that Uh, and they started making like marketing and toys and all this stuff profiting off of his voice against his contract. And so he was pissed and he was like, that's it. You're never going to get me ever again. And then I don't know what happened, but they apologized and they gave him some sort of like million dollar Picasso or hundred thousand dollar Picasso. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. And and he took that as substitute. I remember this actually on my VHS tapes as the trailer for the third Aladdin and it'd be back. Robin Williams returns as the (laughs) voice of the genie. I was like, where'd he go? I watched it. I'm like, holy crap. You're not just phenomenal when it comes to voices. Did you hear that he says he's done being Apu on The Simpsons? Wow. Because everyone got so pissed and offended. And I'm like, good for you, man. All right, so can I get back to the article? Oh, yeah, sorry. Of the 51 people that watched the remake of Aladdin, the researchers used sensors to track the heart rates. And then they compared those results with a group of 26 people who spent the same time reading. And the study found that the people that went to the movies spent around 45 minutes in a healthy heart zone with their heart beating around 40 and 80% of its maximum rate. That effect could be achieved by light cardiovascular exercise. A neuroscience professor said, quote, cultural experiences like going to the cinema provide opportunities for our brain to devote our undivided attention for sustained periods of time. If you stay at home and read a book, you know how much of that time is spent stopping reading the book and then checking a text or answering a phone call or checking an email. Like you're, you don't devote your full time to reading. Yeah, nerd, stop reading. But when you're at the movies, it's just you in the movie. There's no distractions. Now, I hate when people pull out their phones or they have conversations. They're so annoying. I One time I had to like almost get in a fight with someone and my, my girlfriend's like, no, let's just go. Let's get our money back and leave. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. As you know, I like to bitch about things, but I don't yeah. get physical. And this this guy, I actually called out and he almost wanted to fight. And I, I almost went for it. It's crazy. Oh, but, I wish I would have seen that. But- uh, I, I forgot to tell you guys the best part of Doolittle. First movie this year, I fell asleep in. I fell asleep watching the end of this movie. <laughs> Adam always falls asleep in movies. This is the first one since we've came back to the toast. But wait a minute. Wait a minute, though. He usually falls asleep during, like, not bad movies. <laughs> I'll go watch Doolittle. I'll report back. Let me okay. Let me jump back to this article here for a second. The one we just talked about? Yeah, this whole okay. weight loss thing. The Got movies. It. There's four reasons right off the bat this article's bullshit. We shouldn't report on it. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. You ready for this? Yeah. I Number guess. one. Oh, no. It's, it's from the Daily Mail. It's a bullshit, bullshit okay. place to get news from. All right. Second, the sample size is too small. There's only 77 participants. It's not statistically significant so you can't just be making claims like that three you compared watching a movie to reading reading slows down your heart rate if i took a dump i'd raise my heart rate higher than when i read and four it's kind of like a a little hiccup in the system if you're going to the movies to lose weight is that most (laughs) people i know i do when you go to the movies you get snacks 
there's no way that you're going to work off a large blue icy and a bunch of crunch. But no, I think the reason they brought up the the thing about the reading is because they were trying to show that the comparisons of if you're in a movie theater and you're just focused on the movie, it's better for you than if you're at home trying to read a book because there's more distractions at home. There's no distractions except for people that interrupt your movie theater because they want to pull out their phone and check a text or something like that. What kind of weak ass person reads a book at home instead of going to see a movie? (laughs) <laughs> that, but i'm just saying that's sorry i'm just trying to eliminate portions of our viewing audience hey uh oh, we i'm just saying move over to trailer talk guys what do you think okay. good idea sure let's talk about trailers i live in one prefabricated structure i rent the land so color out of space is a movie coming out some point in 2020 I don't know when. Uh, there's a starring in Nicholas Cage. Week. Just from seeing the trailer, I'm going to say right now, right off the bat. <laughs> I'm with you on that one, Thomas. It looks like Garbo, like a piece of, of dog duty. I don't think I'm going to see this movie. I'll see it because I like Lovecraft, and apparently it's based off Lovecraft. My main problem with this movie is it's called Color Out of Space, and the color is just purple. It's a significant problem with trying to make Lovecraft things live-action cinema because he just vaguely describes things in his books, and they sound yeah. scary when he uses words. But when you try to translate it to a literal thing you can see, on the screen, it always comes out really stupid. Well, and it's funny, Nicholas Cage's quote in the trailer, uh, yeah, it was kind of like a, a pinkish, purplish. You know what? It's never, it's not really a color I've ever seen before. It started off good and then just went, just well, like that's the trailer. a great impersonation. The color is like an Oprah purple. The color is not the problem here. It's the film. It just it looks, looks like, like it's going to be a bad film. It looks like they <laughs> shot it in like three days and they didn't care about it. And they got Tommy Chung as like a Native American <laughs> getting high oh, with yeah. the cage. What? I think this is one of those movies that Nicolas Cage said, uh, yeah, I'll do it because I need the money. I think he just likes That's doing all he movies ever that are so crazy. Do you think he still needs the money now or do you think he's back from being out oh, in the back. money trouble? He just loves that money, I think. Okay, this is an MMA reference if any of you guys watch UFC or MMA. Nicolas Cage is like the Donald Cowboy Cerrone of movie making of actors because Donald Cowboy Cerrone, he'll take a fight like a two days in advance just because he needs the money. He doesn't care about the fight. He doesn't care if he wins or loses. He doesn't care if he gets the sh- kicked out of him. <laughs> Like why are we se- why are we censoring ourselves? You said oh, mother- I thought we were. I thought you guys you said, said that other previous- fathers earlier, and I was like, okay, so he I doesn't mean- care if he gets the shit kicked out of him. He doesn't care if he wins or loses. He doesn't care about the fight. He just wants to get paid, and I think that's how Nicolas Cage has started to become with his movies, or has already been doing in recent years. He doesn't care about the movie. He doesn't care how good or bad the movie's going to be. He just wants his money, and he's out. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with you fully. I don't want to see this movie, but I will see for the sake of this show. Uh, <laughs> so the next trailer, uh, let's go with The Way Back, yeah? Sure. The Way Back is starring Ben Affleck. He's a former high school basketball phenom struggling with alcoholism, offered a coaching job at his alma mater. As the team starts to win, he may have a reason to confront his old demons. When I saw this trailer in the theaters, I wrote it down because I told both Adam and Corey that this movie, it's not eligible for this year's Oscars, but when it's eligible, I'm telling you, it's winning everything. I'm going to say you're dead wrong. Nobody's going to remember this when those come up. This movie looks atrocious. I feel like they're trying too hard with the music and the cuts 
and yeah, fooey. So the director of this, he's the one that he did The Accountant. He did Warrior. I don't like any of these movies. Um, just from the trailer that I saw, the acting looks phenomenal, but when I won't know until I see released? March 6th. If it was a contender for awards, they put it out in like November. They're dumping that. They should just call it the Ben Affleck story. From drugs to alcohol to gambling to alcohol to redemption. I think it's going to be pretty good. I don't do sports movies. Let's get on to the last trailer. Morbius. This is the villain from the Fox animated Spider-Man show. And he had the suction cups on his hand and he would suck the plasma. Not drink the blood. He would suck the plasma because it was a Fox cartoon. I love that cartoon, man. It was great. And this, uh, I mean, it's Jared Leto, so it's going to get a lot of popularity. And Jared Leto, you know, in the trailer, it shows him all weak and feeble and walking on canes. And then it shows him all big old buff and just... So you see the transformation there. I don't know if he actually transformed. He's done that in the past, so I don't know. I wasn't so jazzed about this because I really liked the character in the cartoon. I really wanted to like Venom. I didn't care for it as much as I'd hoped I would. But once I saw the clip of him as Morbius the Vampire in the end, I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah." And then when they have him walking down the alley and there's the poster of (sighs) Spider-Man that says murderer, and then they bring Michael Keaton in as the vulture, I almost came in my pants. I will say, though, I I did get a big feeling about like a, a Venom type feeling watching this trailer. Feels like it's going to be like a 90s movie in 2020. Well, just what I meant about Venom is like the the hype for Venom was huge. And then the movie came out and the, it, it kind of went from being <gasps> to being. <sighs> yeah. Is that what it was? Is that what we watched? And so I really hope that doesn't happen with this movie. But it's Jared Leto. It's Jared yeah, Leto. He's a great it's- actor. But a lot of people think this is an opening for them to bring a multiverse into the live action world. Because a lot of people think that poster is Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Oh. But I don't know if they're doing that, but a lot of people think so. I guess we won't know. Are they that creative? I don't think no. they're that creative. Kevin Feige so is. Is he? Oh yeah, he's not the one. So- is he at Sony though? Is he no, helping but it's them the shared character. What happened to the Carnage as Woody Harrelson? That's coming in the movie that they're making now, Venom Two, directed by Andy Serkis. So Venom's not in this. No. Is Andy Serkis going to be in Venom Two? I don't know, but I know he's directing it. So maybe he's a he's a good director. Uh, Corey, what what did you think about the trailer? Any take? I'm personally still kind of tired of Marvel now. I think I'm just like I'll watch it, but I'm not excited anymore i have an update for the listeners because i mentioned this in one of our previous episodes so i got disney plus i'm now officially at ant-man and the wasp then i have captain marvel and then endgame and then i'll be finished with my marvel movie marathon nice watching any marvel movies sounds like a painful exercise to me right now like nails on a chalkboard yeah, I don't know why. I've just, ever since I saw the conclusion, uh, you know, in, in Endgame, I've just, I've just been like, you know, I'm just, I'm, you know, everything needs its natural conclusion, but nothing ever gets its natural conclusion anymore. Everything yeah. just goes until everyone hates it and it always pitters out and whimpers out. So it's just like, I'm going to make my own definitive conclusion and, and let it sit in my memory yeah. as, a, as a positive experience. Or you can go and watch Doolittle. <laughs> Maybe. I'm a Robert Downey Jr. fan through and through. You guys seen Chaplin? I own that wow. movie on DVD. It's such a good movie. Yeah, 
some early Robert Downey Jr., like Chaplin or oh, Less Than Zero, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Those are amazing. Oh, yeah. I want him to go back to that, not Doolittle. My favorite Robert Downey Jr., though, is uh, Due Date. Mine is Tropic Thunder. <laughs> Hands down. Oh, Hands Tropic down. Thunder, Due Date. Those are hilarious. Yep. So I think we should leave that on a positive note. Yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned next week. 